Welcome to the Online Course Master Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. Phil Ebener here with my co-host, Jeremy Deegan. And today, we have a very special guest, notorious in the world of <laughs> online course creation. This is the Jerry Banfield interview. So, Jerry, we're going to dive into your story, hear the ups and, ups and downs, and really how you got to where you are today. But first, I just want to say welcome to the sh show. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me, Phil. I'm grateful after buying your course on how to teach online three years ago. Now we're doing a video and having our call together. This is great. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and uh, Jeremy, how's it, how's it going? Uh, I know you are in the midst of a crazy life-changing move. You want to share a little bit about that with uh, the audience? Yeah. So uh, my wife uh, is a traveling medical uh, technician and just picked up a job uh, across the country. We're heading out to Montana next week and I'm going to be on the road for a couple months. I'll be home for the holidays and then we'll be back out, out on the road. So uh, this is really interesting because I'm, I'm going to have to learn how to do everything that I've been doing in my home studio uh, in a traveling way. So I'm having to figure out like, what's the bare essentials I need for recording courses? Uh, what's the smallest microphones and lighting that I can get away with? So it's a whole new, uh, bag of problems, but it's a lot of fun. We're really excited and it's going to be a good experience. Well, and then you put together the course, how to be the traveling yeah. course creator, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Jerry, let's go back to a few years ago when I'm just going to put you on the spot and say you were on top. It seemed like on top of the world, you were crushing it on Udemy. Um, and then all of a sudden you disappear. Talk to us about how you got into teaching online courses, how you had success on Udemy and then what happened. I originally got into teaching online on YouTube. I started a channel in 2011, put up a bunch of terrible videos and then uh, I started getting clients and trying to make money with the business online, doing helping people with Facebook ads and Google ads. I put my first kind of teaching video up about Facebook ads through a live YouTube stream, just hoping to use it to get clients. And then someone suggested after watching that, like, hey, why don't you know, where's your online course? They thought I must be selling an online course by doing a free webinar on YouTube. I said, I don't have one. I didn't even know that you could teach classes online. And they gave me a link to Udemy and said, here, well, why don't you put your course up on there? I looked around on Udemy and there was not one good Facebook ads course. And I thought, wow, I, I can make a good Facebook ads course. And that's how I got started. And what year was that? Do you, did you say or do you remember? I started off in 2000, the beginning of 2014, January or so on Udemy. I took literally a recording of my YouTube free webinar and tried to put that up as a course on Udemy with a couple of small edits. They rejected it. And then what happened? You had to re-record re it and create a brand new version or what? Yes. Uh, then I got upset. I'm like, this website's stupid. I'm not going to use it. Then I came back like a couple of days later. I'm like, okay, I'll just film a little 30-minute productivity course, see if I can get it approved. They approved that. Then I'm like, okay, I'll film a good new version of my Facebook ads course. And that was my first course that did well on Udemy. Okay, got it. And then so what happened from there? Uh, with different what courses did you teach? And was that first one successful in making money for you? 
It depends on how long of a time you look over. I filmed, I spent 12 hours to film the whole three hour Facebook ads course in one day, put it up, tried to sell it for months. I sold, I sold two copies of it, one to a potential client and one was an organic sales, really frustrated. And I, again, said this website's stupid. I might as well just give my course away for free. The information's getting older and no one's taking it. So I started giving out free coupons and even running Facebook ads to free coupons on my course. Then I got a few reviews on my course from doing that. Then in July 2014, it made $1,000 in organic sales. And I thought, oh my God, I've barely been trying at this. It was just a side project. And I thought, if I actually put my whole energy and attention into this, I could do this and I wouldn't need to do anything else. Mm, okay. And the course, I mean, was it getting good reviews? And that's why it was selling organically on Udemy? At the time, Udemy had this, it got some good reviews from the free coupons I'd given away. And I kept making the course better and better and better. And it got to be an eight or a 10 hour course. It got to be the longest, best course on Facebook ads. I just kept improving it and improving it. And every single bad review I went through and looked at everything in the course and how I could fix it, gave away more and more free coupons. And then it just, it kept snowballing from there. Got until it. then black friday made like six thousand in november 2014 and i that's when i went all in i'm like okay i'm going to drop everything else i'm doing i'm gonna borrow money so i won't take any more clients and i'm just going to do two videos on udemy every day i'll put two videos on udemy seven days a week and this will work all right so you were creating new courses adding videos to those existing that existing course or what was the kind of what was the next step for you in terms of Udemy or yeah, building your Udemy courses? The month in November 2014, where I got the 6,000 in earnings, I had three total courses. I had one on the Facebook ads one made almost all of it, but I also had a course on entrepreneurship and then the productivity course and maybe one other small course. But then I saw Alan Hills, how I make a thousand a day on Udemy. And I thought if he can make a thousand a day, I can make two thousand a day on Udemy. And then I started going to work making. I went in between November, between December 2014 and July 2016. I made 40 or 50 courses by myself, and then I co-instructed 30 or so more. Yeah, I mean that's an. Inc incredible number i mean what would you say to someone who's like well how can you teach and i'm someone who's taught over 100 courses now at this point but in such a short amount of time like a lot of people will say like how can you teach that many courses on topics i mean i are you even an expert in all those courses um how yeah what's your response to that First is to get in a very efficient filming process. I got my filming process originally it'd take hours to make one hour of video. I got it down so I could do an hour of video in about two hours of real time, buying a better computer and doing a really fast workflow so that I could teach everything I knew really fast. And the second thing I did is I started partnering with other people. And this is where my income really went crazy. I searched and looked at the in-demand topics and then I went on Upwork and I'd find someone for in like Eastern Europe for like $10 an hour who knew the skill that was needed on Udemy. I'd pay them to make the course and give me copyright. 
And then I'd put the course up and do all the marketing and sales for it. And that's where that's where I was able to you know, upload an entire course that someone else made and upload my own course mm-hmm. in the same week. Got it. And so what in terms of were you just I, did it just snowball in the sense of just putting up the courses? You just organically got new students that you could promote your new courses to and it just continued to grow and grow? Or what kind of marketing were you doing and having success on Udemy with at that time for, for all of your new courses? Were you still giving away free coupons and or ads or anything like that? I did everything. I did ads. I did YouTube videos. I did Facebook ads. I did huge barrages of free coupons. I had an email list, a website. I was the the ads got crazy. At one point I was up to almost a thousand a day in ads. If if you even searched for you to me, you got hooked into my funnel. Yeah, I th- I think that's what I remember hearing is that you were doing a lot of ads. And so at that time were you just sending traffic straight to Udemy or were you doing a funnel that had email marketing and that kind of thing too? I had all kinds of different ads. The I had ads when you searched for Udemy. I had udemy.com slash instructor and I'd send people to the course. And then if you looked at any of my course landing pages, I had remarketing ads with affiliate links to send you back to Udemy on my courses. I also did some of the best ads I did. I did really long format YouTube previews of my mm-hmm. courses. I got 25 hour course. I put five hours of it as a free preview. I do an ad for it. It rank high on YouTube and then I'd get a ton of organic traffic for free. Yeah. And that's something I've actually had success myself with. Uh, that's one of the only ways that I've actually been successful with advertising is putting out longer preview videos and and promoting the, those on YouTube to try to get those to rank organically on YouTube. Um, and that has been successful for me. What what was the peak on Udemy? I mean, how much were you you making a month on Udemy when you you hit your peak? The peak. So in November 2014, I made six thousand a month, and I started doing Udemy full time at that point. November 2015 made eighty thousand that month, and January 2016 made ninety thousand that month, and that was the peak. And even when Udemy did the price change, I was still making a Despite all the negative stuff going on on Udemy, I was still making a thousand dollars a day in June 2016. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a lot of money. Do you think that your someone else could have replicated exactly what you were doing, or do you think there was something? I mean, there's there is something about you that I think is charismatic in a sense that people watch your stuff. I mean, and you've continued to put out a ton of content and people just get hooked into watching your stuff. So I guess I'm wondering is, is there anything else you see, you think you do or did that made your courses that successful on Udemy? The, just the attention I paid, I was obsessed with it. I constantly thought Udemy, my uh, I was obsessed with it. And the my the changes in my personal life helped out a lot also. Like I started going to Alcoholics Anonymous and getting the whole rest of my life together in, in April 2014. And the growth of my business went right alongside of my personal life growth, getting healthier, starting to think more clearly and focus that it all went together for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then what happened? What happened with Udemy? 
Why did you get kicked off? I'm assuming that's what happened. <laughs> that's the story. Uh, so in on G- one day in June uh, 2016, out of nowhere, I had no strikes on my account. The whole time I'd been an instructor, I'd only had one strike for like a minor. I sent something incorrectly in a promo announcement. That was like almost a year before. I had no strikes, any trouble. I hadn't talked with anybody from Udemy or the policy team all year. And then they send me an email saying I've been a final suspension mm-hmm. and they had two kind of arbitrary violations. Like they said that I had uh, some questionable reviews on my account. 70 out of my 10,000 reviews on my account were from questionable sources. And I had just given away 40 or 50,000 free coupons before that. Mm-hmm. So of course they got shared. People were like selling them on Fiverr and saying, I'll give you all Jerry Banfield courses for five bucks. And then then you get people going to Fiverr and doing them that way. And another arbitrary policy violation is that I had improper co-instructor relationships, that mm-hmm. I'd just been joining courses to do marketing when every single course I had at least two videos in as an instructor, which to me, that's an impossible mm-hmm. policy violation. If you put videos in a course, you're an equal partner. You didn't just join it for marketing. And mm-hmm. on the one course they cited, I actually had filmed half the course. I joined the course. The course wasn't very good. I put two more hours of video into it. It was on digital marketing and make it a lot better. And they said that that course I'd somehow done something wrong on. Got it. <laughs> it, it made it obvious like they just wanted to get rid of me. And mm. like they just picked a couple of they just made stuff up and went with it. So now that I'm, you know, hearing this story from you or your side of the story, it is sparking some memories of the the whispers and the rumor mill that was going on at the the time. So you weren't paying people for reviews. I had paid people for reviews and actually Udemy had told me I could do that. I had a Skype call in the beginning of 2015, after seeing that the top instructor on Udemy had a very effective incentivized review system. If you left a review on his course, you got a year of free web hosting. And his course had 10 times the reviews the next best instructor did. And I saw them like, oh, so I I can do incentivized reviews. I had a call with them and talked to them and mm-hmm. said, I said, I'll pay people to take my course and leave a review, but not a specific star rating. And I did. They weren't all positive, believe it or not, even paying people to take my course. Mm-hmm. And then I did that so much. I got like hundreds of reviews doing that because the people who left a five star review, then I'd pay them to take all the courses. And the people that left a one star review, I just wouldn't pay them again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they said you couldn't do that and they changed your review policy. So after that, in May 2015, I did nothing to do at all with reviews. In fact, I became an expert on the policy and made absolutely sure I was doing nothing wrong on policy going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously I can see how that would be unfair for other instructors. But if you had talked to them and got in the okay, that's a different story. I'm surprised that they would give you the okay to basically pay for the reviews. But I also, I, I've always felt like it was unfair that some instructors get the deal with the web hosting or whatever it is, the certifications, and, and find that sort of loophole where they can actually get their students to pay 
you know, pay for a product off of Udemy that they're making money from. Um, then on the other hand, we can't like promote anything like, yeah, we have to be so careful about our, prom- our promotional announcements, our educational announcements and things like that. There, that sort of policy has always been a little bit iffy with me too, uh, in terms of just understanding it. Um, so I feel like Jerry Springer or Dr. <laughs> Phil or something right now. So, so honestly, you didn't feel there was, this came out of the blue. And at the time you didn't feel like there was any sort of policy violation. Yes, there was absolutely no policy violation that I made. I had even talked with the policy team in what August 2015 and we were good. Mm-hmm. They, they said, you know, we're, we, we understand we're past what you do with the reviews. Make sure you just don't screw anything up from here. Mm-hmm. But they also made it clear they were looking for an excuse to get rid of me. It's, it sounded like they wanted to get rid of me and any, any reason they found would do. Mm-hmm. So they send you this message. Are, are you just unable to access your account at that point or what happened? Yeah, my account instantly, my profile went offline. I couldn't get into my account or do anything. I lost all the... Dis- I had ignored hundreds of suggestions to do a good job setting up my own self-hosting. I lost all my landing pages. I lost all the course outlines because I had just put everything on Udemy. Mm-hmm. I lost I lost a lot of my own material, all the sales and marketing for a bunch of the courses. And I still, since then, have been unable to put stuff back up effectively because you're just not writing that sales copy again. (laughs) This episode and all of our episodes are sponsored by the Online Course Masters Academy, the one and only place you need to become an online course master yourself. With over two dozen courses that tackle every aspect of running a successful online course business, a private community of students like you, and bonuses like live office hours and webinar trainings, we've built the Online Course Masters Academy for anyone creating their very first online course and for anyone more advanced looking to increase their business and brand. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com academy to join today. So what... What did that do to you? I mean, I would be I would be scared if Udemy disappeared tomorrow for me. Uh, not that I think right now I'm in a place where I could survive. I got my own platform. I've got other platforms that would be fine, but to to be making $90,000 in a month and then to have that disappear, what what was that like for you? It was like dying. (laughs) I had literally just hired my friend to work full time on the ads. And I, he just graduated college. We were all excited. And I call him up the next week. I'm like, sorry, Albert, I got nothing for you to do now. I lost 95% of income. I immediately cut the majority of my expenses. I had a lot of people working for me that were doing things like uploading courses, editing videos, email marketing, I immediately just cut everyone loose mm-hmm. and cut down all my bills and expenses. And it, the cool thing was it was kind of freeing though. I was so consumed with Udemy for the year and a half before that. I I did some stuff I really wanted to do. Like I played a bunch of video games on live stream. I started doing all these cryptocurrency tutorials and some would argue the high point of my business was actually 2017 because all the stuff I did 
after the free the with the freedom of not having to do Udemy every day, I just did all the other stuff I wanted to do. It was it was kind of fun. I had a big resentment about that though. Like they screwed my whole business up and every time I've had any financial difficulty since then that comes back up like stupid Udemy. If they hadn't ruined my you know, I'd have so much more money now. Yeah. Well, you have somewhat of a redemption arc in the sense that you have a YouTube channel that's at this time almost 300,000 subscribers. Uh, you submitted info to us that said you're making over $10,000 a month now. Um, take us through what what you've done to, I guess, monetize your expertise or create passive income since Udemy disappeared. It has been an adventure since Udemy disappeared. I was doing Skillshare a lot at one point, and mm -hmm. then I got frustrated with Skillshare and stopped doing that. The thing that's worked the best between now and then, I got into cryptocurrencies. Just by initially making some tutorials, and then people liked them, I made more tutorials. Then I saw that, hey, if I told someone how great this cryptocurrency was right after I bought it, then they'd buy it, and then the cryptocurrency I had would go up. So I promoted two cryptocurrencies is a that, lot. Is that legal? I am not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what the rules are, but and it might be different depending on how big your audience is. But I, I, I think like bigger, haven't like bigger named uh, celebrities got in trouble for doing that kind of thing? I'm not sure. It seemed legal to me because <laughs> okay. it's not like, yes, you can't do stuff like that with stocks, but yeah. cryptocurrencies have been so out in the open and wild west. Yeah, that's, I did a lot of, and I sold video courses on cryptocurrencies on Stack Commerce. Uh -huh. And that did well. And Stack Commerce has made consistent income the whole time, which has been really nice. For, yeah, so, so you're still on Stack. Yes, yeah, so everywhere but you to me. Did something happen with Skillshare? Did you get kicked off or did you just stop publishing? Skillshare, they took down a bunch of my courses. They changed some policy on what courses were allowed on Skillshare and then retroactively took down a bunch of my courses in 2017. So I've said, this is stupid. I'm, I'm going to just do crypto and forget Skillshare. Mm -hmm. Then I started getting back into Skillshare and they gave me a strike because they changed another policy and I got annoyed with that. Then I got my whole profile taken down on an Argentinian football team. Submits like D seventy DMCA requests every day on random URLs, trying to take down people posting their football games online. And my name happens to match my last name matches one of the team names. <laughs> and my Skillshare profile got caught in the crossfire along oh, with my no. Patreon profile. Skillshare immediately took my whole profile down off of that, and then I submitted a counter notification. It took a month to put my profile back up. And they kept my income from it. Then they gave me a strike on a course I uploaded right after that. So now I'm I'm ignoring Skillshare. I'll take the money, but I'm not doing anything else on it. <laughs> I'm not even teaching video courses anymore. I'm just putting stuff on YouTube now and then. Mm -hmm. I got like a mentorship program and, and Uthena. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, have you tried to go back to, um, have you like got back in touch with Udemy? And if they... Um, reactivated your account would you go back on there again or are you just completely done with it uh, i actually did have an interesting conversation with udemy and udemy double reported three hundred thousand dollars of income or 
They sent me a 1099 miscellaneous for income that was also tracked on a PayPal 1099K. I didn't do that in my accounting correctly. So then the IRS sent me a letter. I, they needed $90,000 of unpaid taxes. So I did. Udemy was really helpful in getting that fixed. But I sent them, I sent the CEO an email asking if they could put my profile back up. And he ended up resigning as the CEO right <laughs> after that. But now uh, I'm not interested in doing anything on Udemy. Now I'm, yeah, my gotcha. full attention is just if I can teach everything and give it away, that's a better business model than having to have people pay for something. So I'm just doing YouTube full time like I did Udemy. And I'm also seeking investors to build up a, a Uthena. Mm -hmm. And what's Uthena? You, that's your new platform, right? Yes, Uthena. You th imagine something that brings together the best features of Facebook, which is profiles, messaging, and groups. YouTube, which is organic search discovery and of free videos. Udemy, being able to sell online courses. Skillshare, having a subscription to a bunch of courses. Upwork, being able to post jobs. And Fiverr, being able to offer services. I'm making uh, Uthena is brings all the functions I just listed into one platform that'll give you the benefits. As, imagine if on Facebook, you could set your content at a price point. Like you could say, this is free or this costs $9, yeah. like on every single post you make. Mm. And you could directly hire for jobs. That's that's my vision for Uthena is one place that if someone asked you, Phil, how do you make money online? That you could say, just go to Uthena and use it and you'll make money online. Is this, would this be like a subscription service that you would pay for or would these be like one-off things like Fiverr? The, right now it's only based on approval. If you're an existing Udemy instructor, cause they do all the hard work to get your courses up there. We'll put your courses on there and you can offer services. That's just a functional platform. What we're seeking investment for is to hire a development team to build a platform anyone can join for free. So this will be open just like Facebook. Anyone will be able to yep. sign up and join and anyone will be able to offer services, make money. There'll be like no verifications or banning people. Got it. No banning people. <laughs> <Yes>. No banning. <laughs> it's the Banfield promise. No banning people. <laughs> yes. I realized that actually banning people encourages creating something that'll be better than you someday. And if you really wanted to do well, you wouldn't want to ban anybody because you want to keep everybody on your platform. If you kick people off, they build things like Teachable. Yeah. And then they build stuff that takes you down. But what, uh, what about you know, are there going to be rules in terms of how people can use the platform and promote their own products and things? Because I think that's the issue is if Udemy sees one instructor using, even if it's not black hat things, even if it's, if it's within the rules, but if there's ways that they're somewhat gaming the system to rank higher, to sell more courses, um, is that, do you feel like that's a bad thing or do you feel like, well, people should be able to basically do whatever they, they can to make money online? I feel that as long as it's within the laws of whatever country is operating it, then 
it it should be illegal because everyone that's doing well on almost any platform is gaming the system to some degree in their own favor, whether it's using paid ads or because you already are a best-selling author and mm-hmm. if it's, it's all kind of a judgment. Like, well, I don't like how this person's gaming the system, but this person's games are okay and we'll let them make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So are you making money on Uthena right now? Or is that like, what is your kind of current situation with online income? Are you making YouTube ad revenue? Uh, you said you're still making some money from Skillshare um, and Stack. Um, but what about these other platforms? Well, I made so much from cryptocurrencies that I kind of coasted for a couple of years. And this year, with launching Uthena, I've been spending, I've spent 90,000 more than I've made this year to test out all these different angles to build up Uthena. We got a sales report where you can see in real time everything that's being bought on the website. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be coded into the the full platform. And that to me will go viral. And you can see what people are paying for in real time and how much they're paying. But my, I've been making about 10,000 a month in income on average for the last year. And I've actually been really frustrated over that lots of times. Like this, this isn't fair. I, I made so much more than this before. I ought to make more, but it's been kind of fun also because I see so much prosperity coming. There's, I look back at the beginning of my time on Udemy as kind of fondly when you don't have any proof that things are going to work. It's just a big leap of faith. There's a certain boredom and that kicks in when things are going so well that, you know, when you're making eighty thousand in a month and you don't you don't need that much. It's there's a certain kind of there's not as it's not as challenging. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And uh, you know, even for myself, this entire year since I had my twin boys has been main. I've told myself I, it's maintenance mode for me and not to sound bad to any of my students. Uh, I of course want to be able to support them and continue to create content. But for my personal life, I had to make that distinction of, you know, I couldn't continue to grow and grow and grow on Udemy and with my own business if I want to have the personal life balance that that I want with being able to spend time with my kids and, and just take care of twin boys who are, you know, babies. It's a lot of work. Um, so I totally hear you on that. I mean, the tough question for me is why should someone, and again, I'm, I'm just putting you on the spot because <laughs> I feel like you're completely fine with that, but why should someone trust you and go on Uthena when, you know, you got banned off of Udemy? And even if, uh, according to you, th- there were no or according to the Udemy rules, there was no rules broken. But like, how I'm sure that's tough for you to try to get people to trust you and your new new ventures. Or have you not found that to be the case? What I've done well on is focus on helping the people that want my help. And that's been one of my biggest challenges over the years is to do a good job for the people that want me to help them. And what I've been doing, I, I, I've seen some messages like, Hey, you got to get people to trust you more. I'm like, no, I don't. All I need to do is help the people do a good job for the people that do want to join you, Thena and success and things going well always brings around more people and changes people's minds. I mean, hardly anyone wanted to work with me 
before thing. I literally was hustling and sending tens of thousands of messages to get clients. And then things go so well on you to make people pay me to do webinars to promote myself. <laughs> it's yeah. like you just do a good job and help the people you want and the yeah. audience will grow over time. Cool. Um, so in terms of creating content, it, it sounds like you're mostly doing YouTube videos right now. I'm on your YouTube channel. You've got a ton of content that you're putting out and on a, an incredible range of topics. What What's your process for coming up with topics uh, for your YouTube channel? Well, that's you might want to know how I got to that point. And I looked at it with all the money I'm spending this year. I'm like, if my business fails, if I were to not be able to make this work, how, what would I have wanted to done? I'm like, I would want to have taught every single thing I know and have it out there so people could learn from it indefinitely. And that's my basic kind of like why I'm doing it. And if it worked well, I'd want to do the same thing. So I, every single thing I know and can help somebody with, I start searching for it. I try and look around on YouTube, see what exact keywords there are. I use TubeBuddy and find specific phrases that like, okay, people are searching for a, a new active campaign tutorial, for example. Like, okay, I'll make that. And then I just teach things that are kind of just like I do Alcoholics Anonymous videos because that's just something I have a passion about. I don't really care how many views those get. And I just, whatever feels right, I just step up. I've got like 50, I get thumbnails, graphic design. So I start with a thumbnail. I've got like 50 of those ready to go every day and just pick one topic, hit record, talk about it, hit record again, give it to my video editor. He uploads it. And now I've started doing YouTube ads and these YouTube ads are crazy. I've been doing display ads. Mm -hmm. They're called video discovery ads. And they're getting, these are the cheapest, highest quality clicks I've seen before in paid ads. These are amazing. And so you're, you know, or sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. I just wanted to ask you, cause you were talking about teaching everything that you know, and th this is something I've actually struggled with myself is like, I have so many hobbies and things that I love of people always tell you to pick like your one passion or your one thing when you're out there teaching, like, you know, one thing on active campaign and then something completely different, uh, cryptocurrency, do you ever have any problems with that? Like, do you ever have like, you know, such a mix of audience that it creates any kind of issues or what, what would you recommend to someone like me where like, you know, I, I can teach the saxophone and I can teach like graphic design, but I don't, I, I never want to mingle them because I'm afraid, you know, those audiences don't mix. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, that was an outstanding question, Jeremy. That that has been the biggest challenge for my YouTube channel outside of me using YouTube as a means to an end, like to get someone over to Udemy. The, the biggest challenge directly on YouTube has been I put so many different things up there. The way YouTube's algorithm works is they they it's positive reinforcement feedback loop so they mm -hmm. want they expect you to niche they expect you to mm -hmm. predictably give your fans the same thing and when you put out a bunch of different topics you get i get no matter what i do someone hates it and unsubscribes <laughs> it's just putting up a video guarantees i'm going to lose subscribers hundreds of subscribers a month just by putting anything at all up and it's tough. It's tough to get views on all the different things lots of times because someone will subscribe for they want more Camtasia tutorials and you don't make one for a year and they yeah. uns unsubscribe. 
At the same time, though, it allows me to build really deep relationships with a core of followers. Mm-hmm. And that wouldn't be possible if I kind of segmented stuff like people will come in on a hacking tutorial, which I just took those down. Then they'll watch one of my inspirational videos. They'll watch a video on Alcoholics Anonymous. They'll watch a video on eating. And then they'll come on and say, yeah, I started going to AA, changed my diet, and made a business online. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's really good for getting the, you know, that core following. And I'm the, the challenge with doing it that way is you need a really big core following that loves everything you do. And that's something that I've definitely noticed about you watching your journey through Udemy and YouTube and your Facebook lives is that you have built a really good following of people who really just enjoy what you do and what you put out there. Yeah. And I think on YouTube too, that's, that's where YouTube has, has somewhat gone too, is it's, it's all about a person building that brand and that audience for themselves and people are, you know, different people are attracted to different people. But Mm. at the end of the day, sometimes, yeah, it doesn't matter if the like some of the people I subscribe to, you know, they're making videos about photography tutorials. And then other days, they're out, you know, jet skiing, or they're making coffee (laughs) or whatever it is. And it's just because I've become to I've come to like this person Mm -hmm. as a person. (laughs) And I kind of consume any kind of content for that. And that's, I mean, even recently, I changed my whole YouTube channel from Video School Online, my brand, to Phil Ebener because I felt like I that allowed me to actually branch out and not worry so much about, oh, well, it's Video School Online, so I shouldn't be putting my personal video, like family videos on here. Or, oh, I can't do, you know, personal finance videos because it's mm-hmm. all about video production. And so just having my my own YouTube channel as my own name has helped me with that as well. I want to hear a little bit more about the YouTube ads, but if, and also Jerry, if you have any questions for us, now's the chance to, to ask us any questions. Uh, but if you can just talk a little bit more about those, those ads, uh, is it successful because you're getting people from the ad to where are you sending that, that traffic just to the video to get more views or, or to different funnels or what? What I'm doing on YouTube is I'm putting video discovery ads in, which means YouTube's doing a little display ad that looks like a little suggested video or something, and then it says ad next to it. And then you only pay when someone clicks on it and actually watches your video. And the global cost is about two cents per view. In the USA, Canada, Australia, UK costs about five to nine cents a view. And I'm sending everyone to my newest videos. I've got two basic audiences, remarketing. So someone who's already watched my videos, bring them back. Because the majority of people who watch my videos, 90% are not subscribed to my channel. Mm-hmm. So I'm using the ads to bring people back, build a deeper relationship. And then I'm also testing out some ads like, how can I bring new people in who've never seen anything before? And these... <laughs> The my the these are the ads are are working great so far to just get me out there, get my videos out there. I've got like two million impressions on YouTube for a thousand dollars in the last few weeks, and that's that is outstanding. Yeah. And the more people come watch videos on YouTube, the more likely they are to watch more, and just kind of get that that positive reinforcement loop going again at yeah. a higher, you know, add fuel to the fire. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I get that. Uh, so yeah, you got any, any questions for us or anything you want us to, <laughs> to, to answer for, for you before we wrap this up? Yes, I could tell I could do a whole nother interview with things <laughs> yeah. I'd like to ask you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm given uh, with building Euthena and you've built video school online. What are some of the what are some of the big challenges you've faced and overcame with you know, like to me, it looks like you have a steady, consistent business, which is ideal. Or what are some of the biggest things you've faced in, yeah. in building your business? I mean, I think for me, well, first was the the different types of courses. And so having the even photography and video production, not everyone's interested in both of those courses. And so packaging those into one membership, like, does that make sense to people or not? Um, that has been a struggle. I used to have different membership packages, one for video production, one for photography, one for business, but that wasn't really working for me. So I ended up just going to the one video school online membership route, $9 a month. I, I think I can increase that that price point and people will still pay pay for it. I think actually what I'm going to do is this Black Friday, I'm going to have a... I always have a an annual sale where I do a lifetime subscription for the price of a year. And that does pretty well. But I'm also going to incentivize it as, hey, prices are going up this year. Um, so, so get access to it now. I think my... What what has worked is and which you have the benefit of is just the amount of content that I have right now. I remember when I started in 2012, 2013, I was already thinking, oh, well, let me package this and put this together as a membership, but I only had a few classes. And so it's not worth it for people to pay for that membership. But at this point, I have enough high quality content and courses that it makes sense for someone if they want to take multiple courses of mine to, to pay the monthly fee. Um, the, to be completely honest, though, it's it always has kind of been something that has run in the background of Udemy and other platforms because those have been more successful for me. So I've always had the the online courses, uh, well, not always, but for, I don't know, since 2014, 2013, I've had them on Teachable. And it's just always been an option if you went to video school online to get the the membership or to buy courses on my own platform. Um, one thing that I kind of did last year or the past couple years was I wanted video school online, the website itself to be like one of the one stop places. If you are a new photographer or a new video creator, I wanted to have all the resources that you might need. And so I outsourced and I wrote a lot of content myself. So if you are a photographer, I've got articles on all of those basic questions of what equipment do I need, how to get started, all the basic rules and tips. I've, I've got those articles and guides. So my hope is someone can come to video school online and spend, you know, hours and hours going through my, my articles and my videos that's free content. And then ultimately on most of those pages, there's the, the offer for the membership. Um, I remember at Udemy live a couple years ago, gosh, what's her name, Jeremy? Do you remember the one that does the sewing classes? Mimi G. Were you, yeah, 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 Mimi G. Mimi G has her 
Do, are you aware of Mimi G, Jerry? Okay, she has her own membership. And it's, again, one of those funny things. She was like one of the keynote speakers at Udemy Live. And then she's teaching people how to create their own membership site using like <laughs> Teachable and, and how to promote that. Um, <laughs> but she has her, her whole... It's called Sew It Academy, I believe. And she was a couple years ago making over six figures a month with her, I believe it was a month with her membership. And what I learned from her was, oh, I need to promote my membership, which is something that I wasn't doing. I wasn't even <laughs> like it was there, but I'm not promoting it. And still to this day, I'm not promoting it as much as I should. I mean, every YouTube video, I should say, hey, if you're interested in this, get all my courses in my membership. Or just simply on Facebook, setting up a monthly post that, which I have done, that promotes the the membership. That's you know something that has helped drive a little bit of the traffic. Um, but for me, I think the best thing was trying to create Video School Online as an authority site on the topics that I teach courses on. And so I think with Euthena, your your struggle is that it again, is going to have a ton of content on all kinds of different things. And so will it be the one place that people find articles and guides and free videos or whatever on crypto or on ethical hacking or whatever it is? I don't know. Will it like that? That's what I think you... You know, I think it's becoming more of a market. It, it, maybe that's not what it is. It's more of a marketplace, which is great. But then in terms of driving traffic and building it, it's just getting enough content on there that it makes sense for someone to buy the the membership. Um, and then using your other channels, YouTube, or if you have another website, making more niche websites that are authority sites on other on the topics that drive the traffic. You know, me though, I've I've never really had success with with ads and I've never really dived into that. And that's something that, you know, maybe if I spent time and money doing ads, I would be a lot farther than in terms of income and things where I am today. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers some of your question, but um, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Well, from the, yes, from the outside, fill your business looks outstanding. And sometimes I've wished I had a business more like yours. That's, that's steady and consistent mm -hmm. and focused. And it you know, doesn't seem to be any drama around your business either. <laughs> yeah. Like you do a good job for people every day and they keep coming back. Like that's a, a great business online. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, for me, like I have ex I don't have an, at some point I had an aspiration that I wanted video school online or whatever my brand was to be like the craftsy.com, which now is, I think, blue, my blueprint.com. But it's like the go-to place with, you know, 500 classes on arts and crafts. They were sold to NBC Universal for $250 million a few years ago. And so at some, at one point that was my vision was like, oh, I'm going to have this go-to place with hundreds and hundreds of courses, more instructors. But at the end of the day, I look at my life right now and my aspiration isn't that high and I've, I'm okay with that. I think if I went back to it, I could just, I could just do photography courses or just photo editing courses, which is what I enjoy a lot. And 
maybe, you know, in the next five, 10 years, that's, that's kind of where I'm going to go. Just, just strictly photography and video and stop doing the marketing and all these other courses because, because that I somewhat more focused topic is, is going to, it's still going to be, it's a great topic to teach. It's a great topic that for, I would believe the ends of earth or at least the like for <laughs> ends of earth for my life, I can teach photography and it's something that hopefully I'll continue to be passionate about. Um, so again, that's an, another struggle I hear from you is that jumping around from these different topics, um, while it's interesting and fun, Again, it goes back to, well, if you focus on one topic, maybe that'll be easier for you, right? Well, it's easier sometimes to get views, but people keep asking me for crypto videos. Yeah. And I'm just, I don't care about crypto. I'm I'm done with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes as an artist, you just, you can't limit yourself like that. It kills your soul, even if you do get more views. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand that too. And that I guess is the balance between when you and I see a lot of YouTubers doing that where they're just creating content to serve the algorithm of of YouTube to create more, you know, yeah, whatever it is, whatever topic it is. I mean, I follow so many photographers, so that's what I think (laughs) of. But like, yeah, just creating everyone comes out with the stock how to do stock photography video in one week and it's like wait a second why are all these photographers putting out these videos and it's it's just because the you know they're not as maybe they're not as creative or they're just you know doing it to serve the algorithm uh jeremy i don't know do you have any other thoughts or advice or anything yeah i mean it's it's it all comes back to i mean really i mean i i it's so cliche with that what that passion is and uh, part of my struggle is like, you know, I've done Photoshop courses and Adobe courses and I have a background in graphic design, but deep down, it's not what I'm overtly passionate about doing. And I kind of struggle that myself because I know that if I produce another Photoshop course, I'm going to make a lot of money, but I just, I, you know, my heart's not in it. Like I don't, I just don't want to do that. And so it is really kind of finding that, that thing. And like I was saying, Jerry is, you know, I, I kind of struggle with that wanting to do so many different things. Like I love playing guitar and I love surfing. I love graphic design and I love playing the saxophone and all these different things. And it's like, you know, like I want to go out there and just every day post something different. But then, like you said, you, you have that, um, that part of you where are, are you going to be as successful as if you were to just focus on just one thing, like just playing the guitar. Um, but I did have a question for you that I wanted to ask you, like, Knowing everything that you know now and the road that you've traveled and all the experiences that you've had, if you could go back to like 2013, 2014, and I really want to say this to anyone who's listening to the podcast, who's like at the beginning of the journey and they haven't made a course and they haven't started really an online business, knowing everything that you know now, what what would you choose to do? Like, what do you think would be your path or Um, What would you, I don't want to say, what would you go back and do differently? Because that's a hard question to answer. But if you could go back to those early days and you knew like about courses and you knew about online marketing and YouTube, what do you think uh, the path that you would choose to do? And and how could you say that in terms of anyone listening that might help them out? 
That's outstanding question, Jeremy. And uh, I'm doing my best to do today what I would want to do earlier, which is mm-hmm. YouTube. YouTube has been such a big part of my business. I've thought, I remember thinking when I got banned from Udemy, well, I'm glad it wasn't YouTube. Yeah. Because YouTube is has been like the main asset for my business. And I'm finally... Uh, most of the time on YouTube, I haven't really done a good job on YouTube. I've been so busy sending people to Udemy, telling people to buy cryptos, come listen to my music, like come watch mm. me play video games on Facebook. Like I've always been using YouTube to send people somewhere else. And if I had to go back and what I'm doing now is I, if I actually just focus on YouTube, to me, that has the very highest potential because YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. And then you can sell things like I can sell a $200 a month or $6,000 membership program off of YouTube Mm -hmm. instead of trying to sell lots of smaller things. So I'd say YouTube, the times I've focused on YouTube heavily, my business has done really well. And ironically, those were oftentimes when things weren't going good. Like 2013, I was struggling. I put YouTube videos up and 2000. 16 after getting off of Udemy, I did a good job on YouTube for six months. My channel blew up. Then I forgot about YouTube. <laughs> and now like I'm hitting YouTube hard and already things are and I just got a new partner today for 200 a month. And it's it's awesome. So YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. It's <laughs> it's a platform of love and tolerance too. I mean, my first video was literally on different ways to cuss on YouTube and they didn't ban me. <laughs> and I've put up a lot of low quality YouTube videos and YouTube, you can see some of the things the top YouTubers have done. And even if they demonetize them, you know, ad revenue is a small percentage of all the income you can earn. Like you want to focus somewhere where you've got the best chance of getting the most traffic, reaching the most people with the least resistance and where you've got the most love and tolerance. Mm, yeah. That's a great way, I think, to wrap up this interview. I, I think uh, if you have questions, you, you can ask us after the fact. But I really appreciate you being on the show. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And I think just your your being open to sharing your story has been really interesting and i'm sure our listeners are gonna really enjoy this one um as always people can find the show notes and get links to your website euthena as well and your youtube channel and everything else we talked about uh, at onlinecoursemasters.com slash nine six Uh, So, Jerry, thank you so much for being here again. And we truly wish you the best of luck. And I'm interested to see where where you go in the next few years. Hopefully it's hopefully it's all uphill from here. Well, it'll be, it'll be downhill eventually. It'll just maybe we can go off a cliff when I pass on. <laughs> I'll just go straight up until I die. All right. Thank you, Phil. I'm so glad to talk to you. I've been wanting to talk to you for years, and this is a great format to do it in. So thank you. And I'll put this out on my channel so people can see it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jerry. Thank you, Phil. And Jeremy, also, thank you for the questions and, and being here with us. Definitely. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, make sure you check out OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes, to enroll in our academy, and to join a free community of fellow course creators who can help you out. 
Also, if you're brand new to teaching online, check out our free five-day course creation challenge. It's the perfect way to jumpstart your online course business. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate your support for the show. Now it's time to get to work. So go make some online courses and help us teach the world.